Who is less scared of Revelation at this point? Nobody? Nobody's less scared? Even Pastor Cindy is not less scared? Will you pray with me? Almighty God, we give you thanks for your word. As your children, you don't have to fear. But you give us these words to be warning if we are led astray. Open our hearts and our ears to the word that you have for us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So I'm trying to take the, we're trying to take the fear out of revelation for us. And what, what Christ is trying to relate to us, uh, we're continuing through the churches of revelation. And uh, so Jesus is commanding John to write what he has seen. And uh, Jesus is saying wonderful things about the church first, complimenting them on what they're doing well, and then talking about what they need to change. And the words sound very harsh, but we'll go through them. Last week, Pastor Johnson was talking about Paragamum. I think I got that right this time. The church of Paragamum and the idolatry that was happening the wonderful things that they were doing, but how the, how the uh, people were pulled out of line randomly and, and made to kneel ceremoniously and say, if you can worship our leader, you're free to go and your life is going to be incredible. And if you don't, mm, life is not going to be so fun for you. And those who were Christians were dealing with this persecution and the, the other matter was Pastor Johnson was talking about how his family as Christians in India, uh, their neighbors would be eating food that was sacrificed to the idols. And then they would bring the food over for their family and say, here, we're sharing this with you, which sounds wonderful. But it was being sacrificed to idols. And it was not something that, that they wanted to adhere to as, as uh, followers of Jesus Christ. So we come to the church of Thyatira, where they're being led astray by the teachings of Jezebel. And a little background, Thyatira um, means continual sacrifice. Uh, they are southeast of mm, Paragamos. I'm just going to pronounce it however comes out of my mouth at this point. And it's the longest letter of, of the churches of Revelation. There's a promise and then a call to hear. And... Uh, they're known for their craft of dyeing, the craft of dyeing um, items, fabrics. And Lydia was first and foremost one of the uh, best dyers. Uh, her, the color was indigo, purple, and it was the color of kings, and you had to be wealthy to afford these. Do we have the map up? I just wanted to give you some visual because I really like visuals. Um, last week I had to take a picture on... Uh, uh, my phone and then blow it up so feel free so we can kind of see if you can see at the very top the red uh, so Thyatira is surrounded by mountains and the roads there's poverty the roads are dirty there's a lot of poverty going on so the, the other thing about the, the church of Thyatira is they're known for their works their love their ministry their patience. Why do I do that? Because I don't have that patience, but that is such a virtue that, that they are known for. And they're always doing better 
Their works are always better than the last. They're not following the, the teachings of Jezebel, nor of going deep into what Satan is speaking about. But, there's always that but, they're allowing this Jezebel to lead and instruct the followers into sexual immorality and to eat what is sacrificed to the idols. So it sounds familiar, correct? Sounds familiar that the idolatry that is going on in these churches. And Jezebel, the teacher in this, in this uh, scripture, is the key aspect here. Satan is using sneaky devices to get in to the lives of these children. She's been given time to repent. And what does repent mean? Let's go over what repent means. Repent means to turn away, to turn back away from what you were doing. Time to repent. Christ is, is uh, patient with her to give her time to repent. But if she doesn't, she's being made to suffer. And then it says in verse 23, and her children. That sounds harsh, doesn't it? But her children are those that are following her too, the ones that are being led astray. He said that the churches will know that I am he who searches our hearts and our minds. Christ knows what's in our hearts and what's in our minds. He knows what we do, what we're thinking. And we need to hold fast because this Jezebel represents the insidiousness of Satan and how he, can, how he is allowed to get near the children. It doesn't sound so bad do this, it doesn't sound so bad. So they were asked to do things to, to be that Christian, to be that child of God, yet they're being led astray by this teachings of the Jezebel other, other than when they are preaching, other than when they are uh, taking in the word of God. And you can't have it both ways. We can't have it both ways. We can't be living one way and then come to church and worship our God. But the insidiousness of Satan is weaving through here. We have to hold fast to, to the truth of Christ and not be led by false teachings. And where do you find these false teachings? The one thing I can think of is turn on your TV. Now, the story I have is when I, uh, when I was a very young Christian, and I don't mean necessarily an age, an age of a young Christian. I meant my early Christianity. I came from a different denomination, and when I came to Mount Hope, it was so different, and I loved it. I loved the fellowship. I loved the teaching of the pastors, and then I would go home at night, and I would turn on televangelist, but I loved it because I thought, wow, I'm getting, I'm getting scripture in the morning. I'm getting scripture in the evening, and they looked good. Some of these pastors looked good. They had the big smile. They had the big stage. And they had thousands and thousands of people in the arena. And I honestly used to think, hmm, they sound good and it looks good. How come our pastors aren't like the charismatic type? I wonder why. Like what's different about that? Well, I believe that there's some underlying untruths that happen when things get that big and that they're underlying. And what I realized about the preachers, about our pastors, 
was that I was getting the real word of God. But if I allowed myself to listen too much to, the, to these pastors on TV that were out to look good and to look wonderful and to make more followers and get more, get more income and, and have all these wonderful, glowy, glittery uh, surroundings that I could be easily led astray. And I'd say, well, how come this pastor isn't teaching that? That doesn't sound right. I want what that guy's teaching. That sounds better to me than that, because that sounds scary. And that sounds like I'm being, I'm being um, told about my life and where I should be. And I want to be told that I'm doing everything right and I can just go about my business. So I could have easily been led astray. And then as, as the Holy Spirit is working on me, I realize that that's not where he wants me to be. He wants me to be following the truth that I was being taught in this church. When we, and so how do we, how do we ensure ourselves against that? We dive deep into the word of God. We surround ourselves with fellow believers. When we have a question about the word of God, we go to other sources, we check with others that are, that are of the si same mindset that we fellowship with. We are in constant prayer. We are committed to that constant prayer. And we will know the truth of Jesus Christ and we will not be led astray. Because it's easy to be. And that's what was happening when the church at Thyatira, and they were allowing it to happen. And it's so easy when it's insidious to allow that to happen. And we have to repent. We have to turn away. And I see it happening with myself. The idols can be anything. My idol, uh, a lot of times in the morning, is my phone. Because I think I'm so important, uh, I have my phone with me in bed. And when uh, I wake up in the morning, I think, okay, prayer time. And then the first thing I do, I check my phone because somebody might need me because I'm so important. My ego gets in the way. Like, who might be calling me? Who do I have to answer right at that moment? And then I'm being led astray from the prayer time that I, that I wanted to commit to Christ so that I'm in his word and I know him enough not to be led out of that. And I could easily say, yeah, but I'm doing the right thing, God. I'm doing visits, and I'm being nice to people, and I'm involved in the ministry, and I'm preaching. But if I'm be allowing myself that in where Satan is, is insidious and he's saying, come on, Joanne, it's not that bad. Just a little over here. And then I follow that, and then pretty soon... When I'm looking at my phone, I'm looking at Facebook. And then where did my prayer time go? Where did my prayer time go? Patience is not something that I've been gifted with. I don't know about you. Anybody patient? Everybody's patient. You just don't want to admit it. We must hold fa fast to our patience and our faith and our love 
and the ministry that is, out, that is touching this world with the, with the word of God, that we're touching those on the outside so they can see Christ. When we keep to the truth, we're going to be rewarded. We will be rewarded. We are in his kingdom. We are dwelling with him forever. But what happens with with the Jezebel and when the verse says, and her children will be struck down, that sounds terrible. But again, those who will be struck down are her followers. And what God wants to do with the rest of us is to gently correct us and get us back on, on track. He wants us to be in his will. He knows what we're doing. He knows our love. He knows our faithfulness. He knows some of our patience. He knows our patience. But he doesn't want us to get away from him by what could easily take place. So I ask you, is it okay to say homework? It's okay to say homework. Pastor Johnson does not want me saying homework. <laughs> Four kids of homework. What I ask you to do this week is take stock of where your heart is. Is there anything that is an idol to you that might be leading you astray that you're not quite sure that is your phone? The example of your phone or something that is taking away your time from our Lord. But it doesn't seem so bad because you're doing this and you're, and you're volunteering at church. But little by little, we start getting a little bit away and we don't realize it. And that's our Jezebel. Is it your phone? Is it something else? I can't even think of anything else beside the phone because that's my big deal watching TV, checking in something else that's taking your time away, your precious time away from our Lord and Savior when he wants that relationship with us. And again, he is nudging us back. But we are not to allow the things of Jezebel to get in our way. We are not to allow that to happen. And you can see this underlying theme in in the churches that we have covered that they're all doing the right thing, but there's always that little part that we need to deal with. There's always that little part that we need to deal with. And I want you to ask the Holy Spirit this week, what is that one thing that you want me to deal with this week? What is that one thing that's holding me back? That I'm doing ministry right, that I'm loving enough but I'm not putting you center because this is holding me back from you. I'm the first to admit it happens to me. I'm the first to admit that, that, that I get unraveled with that. And then the next thing I know, I, I am allowing that to happen. And then I start to feel not so good. I start to feel not so good. And then uh, two days later, I'm thinking, I have a sermon to write. And I haven't been in his, in his word. I haven't been in his will. Where have I been? I think I'm so important that I have to check my email every five minutes. 
So I told Pastor Johnson, just give me some time. I might not get back to you right away. <laughs> so search yourselves. Allow that Holy Spirit to search you for what your Jezebel is. And perhaps if you see it in someone else, gently remind them. If they're not coming to, if they have skipped out on a prayer time for whatever reason it happens, or, or you have accountability partners, check in with each other. How are we doing? That is our fellowship. That is our faith. That is our ministry. That is our love for one another. And we will be greatly rewarded by our Lord and Savior. So Revelation isn't that scary. Is it still scary? It's still scary? Okay. Pastor Johnson says it's not scary, so it shouldn't be too scary. So we're taking the scare out of it because for us as children of, of Jesus Christ, for us as, as children of our, of our uh, great God and King, there's nothing scary about it. But the words are scary. And as long as we're staying true to our almighty God, we will be in his presence and our reward is great. Our, re our re reward is living in his kingdom. The kingdom on earth, the kingdom of God as his children. Amen.